So this morning is Vision Sunday, and I really want to just inspire you and give you a sense of direction as to where we're heading and what I feel the Holy Spirit leading as a church. And um, one of the things I was just reminded about with Jesus when he spoke to Peter, uh, he didn't actually outlay the whole plan. Peter, he just said to Peter, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make something out of your life. I'll do something in you. And uh, one of the things about vision is that it's connected to revelation. Uh, and often we find the Holy Spirit doesn't give us everything all in one go, but it's progressive revelation. He speaks to us, he leads us, and he guides us. And uh, one of the things I really want to encourage us and, and talk about this morning is where I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit in this season, in this time of our lives. And uh, speak. we uh, had a men's breakfast yesterday, had a, a great gut bunch of guys turn up. And uh, one of the things I felt the Holy Spirit speak then was uh, from from Psalms 90 and verse 12, and it says, Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may have wisdom, that we may have wisdom in our life. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. And one of the things that you can find is that uh, time flies very quickly. Time is something that we can never get back. We can have resources. You can make money one day, lose it the next get another idea, and it comes back again. There's something that you can never, ever get back, and that is time. However, we do believe that the Lord can cause the moon to stand still and even go backwards in time, restore your youth. But essentially, you can't get time back. And so one of the things I believe it's important that, that we learn to number our days because eventually we'll get to a point and we'll look back and reflect upon our lives and all of a sudden, things will change. We'll be able to look, our, t- our lives will take on a whole new, different meaning. And uh, one of the things that many of you will find, uh, I was talking to somebody during the week, and they said, yeah, I'm 61 now, and it only felt like yesterday that I was 40. What's happened to my time? What's happened to my life? And one of the things I believe it's really important to do, that we learn to number our days. It's like there's, th- there's time that we can't get back, but there's time that we can make the most of. And all of us right now, today is the first day of the rest of your life, so make it count. Let's make it count. So one of the things we want to do as a church is to outlay a sense of vision about where uh, I, fe- I feel in my heart that God has called us as a church, uh, where we are going. And uh, so I'd love to share a little bit about that this morning. Um, I want to encourage you also with this verse from Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So therefore let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. Turn to the person next to you. You are. The light of the world. (laughs) There is something that is inside of you, the Spirit of God. It is inside of you today. God has called all of us to be the light of the world. One of the things, um, just just to really bring it in, as a church, we are called to bring real value to people both around us, in the house, and in the world that we live, the world. You look at that scripture, there's two groups of people. You are the light of the world. And he also says, we also to give light to those that are in the house. 
So there are the people, the person sitting next to you, our brothers and sisters, those who are in the house of God. We are called to bring light to one another, but we're also called to bring light into the world, into the community that we live in. We're called to bring hope. We're called to bring a real value, not just an imaginary thing. We're not called to bring, uh, just be here and, and, and live in a world of fantasy or, or, or imagination. We are called to bring a real value to the world. We cannot just sit here and have a good clappy time. We are called to bring value. We are called to be the light of the world. Quote, Jesus, you are called to be the light of the world. That's the call of God upon our lives. And one of the things that I feel strongly in my heart is that we, uh, that we bring a tangible and a real value to the community that we live in. We're called to bring a real value to the people around us and to our value to the community that we live in. One of the questions I asked myself was, if, if we were to close the doors of this church tomorrow, would the community miss us? Mm. Would anybody know? There might be a few that realize, may even be a few clap their hands. <laughs> but God has called us to be a light into this community, a light into this nation, and a light into the nations of the world. That is what you and I are called to do. And when we look at, um, look at the history of what we've been able to accomplish as a church, right now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Muslims are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ because of this church, because of people like you that responded to a call of God. Hundreds and thousands and millions of people around the world today are experiencing tangible hope of Jesus Christ because you and I made a decision to be the light of the world. Friends, we've touched the nations. We have touched the nations, and it's not stopped yet. This is just the beginning. <laughs> this is just the beginning. We're called to bring a tangible hope to the world. And I believe that right now, I believe that when I was, uh, actually when I was standing in the middle of Al-Qaeda territory, uh, one of the most dangerous places in the world, and uh, I felt the Lord speak, you've got to go, you're going to go home. And what you see here, I want you to, not the violence, but the glory of God, the, the miracles, the hope. We've got to bring it back into Hawke's Bay. We've got to bring it back here. There's people here today in our community needing hope, needing tangible hope, needing a saviour, needing something to transform their lives. That, my friend, is why we are here. That is why we exist as a church. I was talking to Pastor Mike earlier on, and our vision has never, ever changed. But what I want to do is just re-clarify, reset our sense of purpose. So as a church, we are called to bring value to the world, the people around us, and to the light. We're called to be a light. For one of the things you think about light, light is not just about for you and me to say, hey, look how holy and look how righteous we are. That's not the perspective Jesus is talking about here. When we're talking about light, we're talking about creating an environment. Talking about creating environment, when you turn the lights on, when you adjust the lights, you create an environment. Pastor Mike talked the other day about, first of all, God created the environment, then designed something to inhabit that environment and to flourish inside that environment. God created the light. He's, he made a, a separation of light and darkness first. He created an atmosphere. He created an environment 
and placed you and I, placed man within an environment to flourish, to grow, to have dominion and to rule within that environment. One of the things that we see is that in our nation, in our, in our city, there is a struggle. There is a spiritual struggle whether between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You and I are called to be the light of the world. You and I are called as a church and as individuals to create an environment, to create a space around our lives that brings hope to people. Wherever we are, whether I'm a student, I don't have to wear a pastor's badge. Even in my study, I can still prophesy and bring hope into people's lives. Why? Because I am the light of the world. I am a light. It's my job to create an environment of hope. It is my job, my call to create an environment of the dimension of God, wherever I am. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Wherever an ambassador walks, they carry the embassy, they carry the kingdom. You go into an embassy, it's the rule of the nation that lies within that embassy. As an ambassador, you and I are called to carry that presence of God. Whatever our background, whatever, wherever we are in our walk with God, you are an ambassador. So there's two things. One, light speaks about environment. We've got to create an environment. And two, it's about people. <laughs> One of the things I noticed with a lot of Christians looking for a sense of destiny, looking for a sense of purpose, instead of looking inwards, actually your destiny is never about you, it's about other people. <laughs> it's, a funny, it's a funny thing. People try and look in their own heart for their sense of destiny, for a sense of purpose. But you'll find, you'll discover it as you start to be the light of the world. As you start to look outwards, our destiny and our purpose are actually, it's about other people. The day you discover that will be the day you'll start to walk in it. So I want to encourage you this morning. Let your perspective not be self-orientated. We live in a self-orientated world, and that's a lot of the cause of a lot of the problems that we have. The whole goal of who we're called to be is called to serve. It's about people. I know the, the Maori saying, the greatest thing in all the world is the people, the people, the people. Jesus came to give his life for people. He didn't give his life for an institution. He didn't give his life for a good idea that we'd be happy. He gave his life people. One of the things about us as a church, it's about people. It's about people. We're here to serve people. Jesus said, I did not come into this world to be served, but to serve, to give life a ransom for many. Friends, if we can capture that at the very essence of who we are as a church, we have to transform the world. You have to transform the world. Those that are in the house, to one another, we're called to believe in each other, to encourage one another, to call forth the giftings and the talents, the call of God within each person next to us. We're a family. (laughs) We're a family. So one of the things I want to talk about is, first of all, as a church, we're a family. We're a family. We are organized. There's an organizational aspect to us, yes, but we're a family, first and foremost. Our Father, which art in heaven. And it's on this basis that I want to talk about how we will look as a church. 
how we will look as a church. And one of the things I've been looking at is our own family, that the, the environment that my own mother and father created. And uh, they never told us what we ought to do, or what kind of jobs that we should have. They never told us that you need to be this, that you need to be that. They, they never did anything like that. One of the things that they did do, though, was they created an environment that, one, we felt loved no matter what we did wrong, that there was always a place that we could come home to. There was always a place that was always open, and it's still open. <laughs> it's still open. But to create an environment where all of us as kids could grow up and we could discover our unique calling, we could discover our sense of identity, we could discover our skills, we could discover things about ourselves, and then help us walk on that journey of life. And I know as a church, um, people have lots of ideas about church, and some people uh, won't go there, but essentially, my heart is to create an environment where every unique person here today, and those that will come into this house, will discover their own uniqueness and who God has called them to be. And then together, as a community, we can stand together and achieve some wonderful things. It's about people. It's about, yes, all of us as individuals, but also together. And it's important that we have a balance. When, when we become, become too individualistic, what we find is that it affects everybody. It affects everyone. You think about a naughty child in the, in the, <laughs> in the house. and It's all about me, and it's all self-orientated. Eventually, they've got to, as a parent, you've got to kind of got to wean them off that a little bit to say, actually, no, it's not all about you, it's, it's about all of us together. <laughs> yes, you're a, a unique in that you've got a unique personality, you've got unique traits, <laughs> you've got unique expressions. Some are a bit louder than others. How I many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some can be a little, take a little bit more effort. However, one of the things as a father, as a mother, you've got to keep the balance, you've got to keep the environment where Individual expression can be uh, cultivated, but yet also bear in mind that you're also part of a family. And so one of the things in my heart is that as a church, that we would create an environment where people could come into this place, that they could discover, they could feel home, they could feel part of a family, they could get a sense of identity, they could discover their identity in Jesus Christ and then start to walk in that. It's about family, it's about people. So God created the environment and then filled it. One of the things is that we shape the environment and then the environment starts to shape us. One of the things about the environment, we have a spiritual environment, we also have a physical environment. If you go to a, if you go to a Maori pa, you can see and you can see all the artwork on the walls that, that shape the environment, that talk, tell the story. It's one of the things we want to do here is... is um, it's creating a physical environment where people can feel at home, where people can tell the story. We want to create a spiritual environment where, most of all, where people can touch the tangible presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. If we don't have the presence of the Lord, we can have a beautiful building, but if we don't have the presence of the Lord, we don't have anything. So the presence of the Lord, the spiritual atmosphere, is the most important atmosphere that we meet, need to keep alive. Um, praise creates an atmosphere. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 5, it says, God meets with him who rejoices. <laughs> we want to meet with God? The Bible says God meets with him who rejoices. Let's keep an atmosphere of praise and worship because God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? 
It's important that we have an atmosphere of praise, that we have an atmosphere of God in this place. So one of the things that you'll notice is that we're going to be expressive. We're going to stay expressive in our praise and our adoration to God. We're going to stay expressive in our praise. We're going to stay expressive in our worship. I don't want it to get dry. We're not going to go dry. We're not going to go quiet. We're going to go louder. (laughs) We're going to go wild. So three elements. People. People are important. People are what Jesus gave us life for. Number two, environment. Environment shapes people. Environment is important. We create the environment, and the environment will shape us. Jesus created an environment. God created an environment for us to dwell in. So one of the things we want to do is, one, it's all about people. Two, it's about the environment, which is actually about people anyway. And three, it's about programs. One of the things that you find is that um, if you want to grow weeds in your garden, you do nothing. Just let it go. <laughs> nothing will ha- you just, it'll just grow, they'll just grow by themselves. If you want to grow something, if you want to grow a garden, if you want to create an environment, it doesn't just happen just by itself. It doesn't just appear. This place here, this wonderful environment that all of us experience today did not just happen, did it, Dad? Was it just magically appeared? Yeah. <laughs> we made choices. We did things. We, we fed the atmosphere. We pe- feed people. We feed the, the, the environment in order to create what we have here today. Today, I am, I am who I am, not just because of a a random set of events. Actually, people invested time into me. People invested their love. People invested into me. And then I responded to that. And now I can touch nations. Atmosphere does not just happen just by itself. If you just do nothing, there'll be an atmosphere, but there'll be a negative atmosphere. It's important that we create, that we set the environment. Because if we don't set it, something else will. Something else will. If you don't number your days, somebody else will number them for you. God, yes, God has a plan. However, he's also called us to be responsible for our lives as well. So one of the things I wanted to create in here, one of the places I see is this would be a family home where people could discover God, have an environment that people are healed, that people discover God, that their lives are transformed, and they can discover who they are and walk in their unique they can walk in their unique purpose. I believe that there are going to be people here today and that God has called you to pastor, uh, pastor churches. God will raise you up. God will, there are unique things within inside of you. My job is to create an environment. And your job is to create an environment where the people around you can flourish and come forward and all that God has for our lives. Amen? 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 So programs, things that we do create value. So everything we do will not be just random. I don't have any person up here preaching. Every person that comes up here is there for a purpose. Everything will be for a purpose. Why? Because I want to make sure that our environment is not uh, corrupted, that it's, that it's actually set and it's determined according to the plan and the purpose that God has for us. So in terms of what is the value that God has called us to create, and I just want to just move through this quickly. Um, when mum and dad first came here, one of the verse, verses that they had on their heart was what? Uh, 
is Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When I came into this role without any even talking with mum and dad, I felt the Lord speak that same verse into my heart. This is why you as a church exist. One, the Spirit of the Lord. (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is part of this house. The Spirit of the Lord is the senior pastor of this church. Today I, I can have clever, I can make up clever ideas, have clever plans, great sounding ideas, but one of the first things is the Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord is going to be in this place. I'm going to create an atmosphere with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the strong Spirit alive in the world today inhabits this place. He is stronger than Islam. He is stronger than depression. He is stronger than any sickness or disease. He is the Spirit of the Lord. And this is his home. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us, what? To preach the gospel to the poor. We're going to bring Christ to people and people to Christ. Amen? Our first and foremost, we're here to bring people to Christ and Christ to people. We're here to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, not bring them down with negativity. Bring them up. The gospel is good news. Good news. Good news that there is a Savior that loves them. You can read all this, but uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's a statement of faith. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bring Christ to people, people to Christ, to tell who he is and what he is like. Let me tell you about this person called Jesus. Let me tell you about what he has done in my life. You don't have to convince them of anything. Just tell them what he is like. Tell them who he is and what he is like. People will find out that he's the one to follow. (laughs) Bring people to Christ, Christ to people. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Every person, I believe, is not a person that's walked in this place that their heart hasn't been fully together. All of us have been like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> We've had a great fall and tried lots of things to put ourselves back together again, but never quite worked. The heart of people, heart of people, the heart of people is valuable, it's important to God. So it's important that us as a church that we're called to heal the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. The heart of a person, the heart of people. most precious thing in the world is the heart of a person. It's the heart of a person. One of the things that we're believing is that God will use us to heal those that are brokenhearted. Not just Pastor Mike, but I'm believing here. We've got Peter and Sandy's course coming up. People are going to get trained in there. It's not just that they can get fixed, but they can learn how to heal the brokenhearted, that they can tap into an anointing, that can tap into the Spirit of God, and that they can be used to heal the brokenhearted. It's the anointing. Heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to those who are captivity in Babylon, great deliverance to them, to restore them to their country and to families, to release the captive mind from sin, and the, slain, the chains of slavery. One of the things that anointing does, it will break the yoke of bondage that binds people's lives. People come and they, have, they need deliverance. We need the chains of, uh, chains of sin, the, the chains that it gets around our mind, we need those broken off. And the only thing that can do that is the anointing, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. We can have good ideas, we can try and modify behavior, but there's nothing about the, so there's nothing can compare to the anointing of Jesus Christ, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that can break the chains of bondage and bring people back into connection again. The recovery of sight to the blind. One of the things we want to do is give people hope and give people a fresh vision again. 
give people something to live for. So many people have lived their lives broken. Depression is rampant in our community. They need hope, tangible hope, that your life is not an accident. You're not just a Nothing. You're somebody. You're created in the image of God, created to do good works, to create it, to, to, to glorify God in heaven. We need to open people's eyes, give them something to live for. Give them something to live for. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. To set it free, those who are oppressed of the devil. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord the full and finished cycle of God's redemptive plan. Encapsulates everything, and we'll unpack that a little bit more. But this is essentially what God has called us to be like as a church, that you and I would carry the Spirit of the Lord upon us. One of the things I'm really believing for right now is um, uh, one of the values that we talked about last year is a really feel of the Holy Spirit is just breathing on us right now, is that it's the faith to grow. The faith to grow. And we are talking about before, we're singing a song, higher, wider, deeper. And all of us are called to be in faith, faith to grow. It takes faith to grow. And so one of the emphases that we're going to believe today is that uh, God is, wants to enlarge us and God wants to enlarge our capacity. God wants us to grow, not just uh, in one dimension, but in every dimension of our lives. One of the things, uh, the faith to grow, higher, wider, deeper, One of the things we read in the Bible is there is an upward call of Jesus Christ. Paul talked about the upward call. He calls us up. He doesn't call us down. He calls us up into new dimensions of glory. He calls us up into greater dimensions of his presence. He calls us up. He doesn't bring us down. One of the things I'm believing for is that we enter a season where God will start to bring us up. Bring us up into new dimensions of power. New dimensions of influence. New dimensions of his presence. He also calls us to go deeper. One of the things we talk about is um, uh, about the word of God. We've got to have the word of God in our life. Psalm 119 verse 165 says, Blessed are those that love your word. Great peace shall they have, and nothing shall cause them to stumble. So one of the things that we want to build is make sure, yes, we get up into greater dimensions of God, but also get our roots down deep into the ground where nothing will cause us to stumble, that we will be a, a sure foundation. We can be dependent. We are, we're in a place of strength, and we won't get offended. We won't stumble. Why? Because our foundations are deep in the Word of God. Wider, I believe God wants to increase our influence. If you go wider, you've also got to go deeper. If you go higher, you've got to go deeper. Deeper in relationships. You look at Facebook, for example. People today can have a 1,000 friends on Facebook, but actually have an inch of depth of relationship. One of the things we want to do is cultivate relationship. Relationship's important. You can't, I don't believe, walk in the fullness of God if you've got a relationship that's a millimeter deep. My destiny is tied up in my relationship with you. Your destiny is tied up into the relationship with the people around you. It's it's in everyone's best interest that we cultivate genuine relationships one with another. Value is dynamic. It can be pulled up, built up, or can be pulled down. It can be created, and it can be consumed. One of the things about uh, what I'm believing for as a church, that all of us, a call to create value 
we can all be beneficiaries of the value that's been created. One of the things I want to encourage us is this last bit here. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Let's not be people that just consume the value that's been created. Let's not be people that just consume this place and the the value that mum and dad have created over the years and so many different other ones. Let's be people that were determined to create value, not just for ourselves, but for the generations to come. These young ones up here before, somebody, I believe one of these ones could be the next pastor of this church, could be an ex-politician, could be the next mayor of a community, could be the next principal of a high school. Let's create an environment where young ones like that can grow up and to discover who they are in God. Amen? A couple of things we really want to, just in closing, I really want to emphasize um, just a couple of areas that we're really going to start to build. Uh, that's the area of families. And uh, one of the, well, I just want to introduce Horawai to you. Come on up, Horawai. So I'm really believing that we want to start to build our, our young ones and build our family area of the church. And so Horawai is going to be uh, the man to oversee all that. So here he is. He's going to talk to you a little bit about that. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, thank you, Pastor Dave. Yeah, there's some good stuff I heard this morning, and we know that it is Vision Sunday, and what I heard was atmosphere. Atmosphere is very important, because from the atmosphere, all things can grow. And so if we set the right atmosphere, we're going to create an awesome environment, and we're going to see some good results. The second thing I heard from Pastor Dave was about purpose, and the purpose was the same purpose that the Holy Spirit spoke to pastors Mike and Joy before they arrived. Luke 4.18, and so that hasn't changed, so therefore Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He's still on the same thing, still wanting to do exactly the same purpose. You know, one of the one things that I have been blessed with when we came, first came to Bay City is that I heard the past, I've been in the present, but I also look for the future. And one thing that I have noticed about Bay City is it's always been on the cutting edge of the move of God. And this is no different. The season that we're in now is exactly the same. We're in a good move. And all we have to do is make sure that we are listening to Holy Spirit and it's Holy Spirit inspired. Because he's got the plans, the blueprints. All we have to do is jump on board, follow him. He will move in us, amongst us, through us, around us. And we're going to see some great times. Just like the past, just like the present, we're definitely going to see some more in the future. So I guess I'm up here because of the practical side of things. Part of the practical side of things is what are things going to start to look like? So you're going to notice some changes. Now these are only some of the changes for term one. In term two, we will be announcing some of the other changes that will happen, which will do with um, outreach, prison ministry, all of that stuff. But we just want to set this environment first. So the first one, you'll notice that the name, families. So we've got their families ministry. Now in the past... Um, I guess we had different, different parts where we had the Hive, Explorers, and BC Kids. So what we're looking at doing now is all of them will sit under the Families Ministry under one umbrella, and that will go right up to the intermediate and high school ones as well. And that way it gives us continuity right through everything that we're about to do. But the exciting bit is creating a platform. So once we set the environment, we then need to create a platform for everyone to be able to grow 
in faith. And so I just want to share to you, I guess, just the very basics of what it will start to look like in the future. So we'll start with BC Kids. So BC Kids are our years 5 to 11-year-olds. What's going to change, or the changes that you'll see, is if we're looking at families, then we need to look at the family model. And this is something that we've been talking about for quite some time. And when we've looked in our own families, we've realised something. And what we've realised is that as parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, we all make up one family. Well, what we tend to do is, let's say we send our, our kids off to school, our tamariki off to school. When they come home with their homework, do we shut off? No. What do we do? As parents, as grandparents, we upskill ourselves. Why? Because in our hearts, it's all about supported learning. We support them in their learning. When they want to go out and do sport, and when they want to go to this thing and that thing, what do we do as parents? And we hook our grandparents in, and we hook all the rest of the whanau in. What do we do? We start ringing around, and we start making things happen for them. And so we get them to whatever they need to get to. So what we have started to realize and what we believe Holy Spirit is breathing upon is actually bringing that family unit into play. So practical, how would it look? So what we're going to do is, because it's supported learning, we are going to start to bring all of these ambassadors here, you guys, back into BC Kids. Now I know you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, what does that mean? What that means is that there will be a structure that will be already set in place out there. As parents, grandparents, as ambassadors, everyone will start to spend time out the back there. And there's a, there's a reason for that. Our tamariki, our children out there, they need to see us. And they need to see us taking, I guess, interest in what they are doing. And, and just like what I said, I had to look at myself and think, oh my goodness, I can take my kids to sport, get them there. I can sit down at home with them and go through their homework with them. Don't really know what I'm doing, but I learn and I upskill. But then I come to church, and, and this was for me personally, my kids would go out the back and I would think that they would, well, I didn't think, sorry, I would put the emphasis on them out the back to feed my, my children spiritually, even though I was doing my own stuff at home. And then I just felt that Holy Spirit was saying, now is the season for all of us to get involved with our, our tamariki, our children, and to support their learning, support their spiritual development. So that's change one. So in the next week, you will be getting a letter for all the parents, grandparents, 